You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center's Pastors Scott and Tina Witwam. This is our ninth uh, message in this series called Our Covenant. So go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. This is also our healing service Sunday. So we plan on praying for anybody who has needs, not only here, but also anybody who's watching my live stream. See, God's not restricted by time or place. Isn't that so awesome? The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. That means he's present everywhere, all the time. And so we're going to pray for the prayer requests at the end of service. We're going to pray for anybody who wants to have hands laid on them because we believe the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 7, 20 through 22 is the foundation scripture we've been using with regards to this series on our covenant. So let's go ahead and read it again this morning. And it says, Inasmuch as he, Jesus, was not made priest without an oath, for they had become priests without an oath, speaking of the Levites, but he with an oath, by him who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. And one thing I learned long ago, better is always better. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word again today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guard and guide our study and this word. For Jesus is the everlasting word, and we ask that you bring revelation of him to us. And we thank you for that in advance. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And we've been taking time to, uh, to recap. And I want to read from Webster's, from the 1828 version again this morning, since uh, repetition is the motor of learning. You know, you didn't learn your ABCs by just doing it once. And you didn't learn your one, two, threes by just doing them once. Did them over and over, and some of you are actually pretty good at them now. Praise the Lord. Almost. (laughs) It says, The covenant of works is that implied in the commands, prohibitions, and promises of God. The promise of God to man that man's perfect obedience should entitle him to happiness. Do this and live. Do that and die. See, it's the covenant of grace, that which God engages to bestow salvation on man upon the condition that man shall believe in Christ and yield obedience to the terms of the gospel. See, covenants are not intended to be broken. When they're established, the parties are supposed to enact or do the terms of the agreement. So adherence to the terms of the gospel, is important in the covenant with God. See, when you covenant with somebody, you get into unity with somebody. For those of you who are married, when you got married, you got in a covenant relationship with your spouse. And for us as believers, that's an important agreement. It's an agreement that says, I will honor a a fidelity towards you. I will honor a a truthfulness towards you. I will honor a relationship towards you. And that's why covenant is so important. And it's one of the reasons why I don't think the world understands it is because they don't understand the marriage covenant. 
For them, it's just a legal arrangement. But for us, it's a spiritual arrangement. The two shall become one flesh. And God is the most serious covenant maker. He backs the covenant by his own integrity. And because of that, a person who by obedience or their action uses their faith to covet with God is open to his covenant promises or blessings. And we looked at two covenants. We looked at the old covenant, and then we started to look at the second or the new covenant. And it's interesting because uh, the dictionary says a new is one that has recently come into existence. It's novel, it's new, and not resembling something formerly known or used. And the new covenant is not a resemblance of the old covenant. The new covenant we saw brought life. And we started to talk about the five covenant benefits, and we covered the spiritual benefit. That was salvation and the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about the covenant benefit of peace. But this new covenant was required because mankind did not do what God instructed. And that is the biggest issue that believers have today, is not doing what God instructed. Many people call themselves Christians, but they're not doing what God has instructed. They just think by calling themselves a Christian and living in America, maybe going to church on Christmas or uh, Easter, or maybe both, that they're entitled but it's adherence to what God instructed that is a revelation of our belief. I mean, if you believe what God said, you're going to do what God said. If you don't believe what God said, then it's like, well, this doesn't matter, you know. I mean, God will do whatever he wants when he wants. I mean, that's what, that's what the world believes. Jesus brought mankind a gift of the new covenant to reconcile mankind to our Heavenly Father. So once again, before we begin to discuss these five covenant benefit areas of life, let me ask you today, since it's true that our covenant surpasses political change, social change, societal change, and economic change, what have we done this week to impact others in the light of our salvation? What have we done this week in light of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that is a kingdom difference maker? What have we done? What are we using this gift that God has given us for? Because if it's just to be able to, to wear a badge on your chest, then, then I think you missed the whole point. God empowered us to make a difference. And the only difference that's going to be made in this world is going to be made by you and me. Because we are all God has. Jesus is now seated at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for you and I so that we can go and do the works. So we talked about the spiritual salvation and the Holy Spirit and peace. And today we're going to talk about health and healing. See, God's covenant with mankind was designed to provide everything that was needed for health. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2. I want to read verses 8 and 9. Genesis 2, 8 and 9. It says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, 
And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, God's tree of life was in the Garden of Eden. It was the tree that was to sustain Adam and Eve forever. How do I know that? Well, we can see in other scriptures. We can go to the book of Revelation and see that, that for those it says that, that heeded my word, I welcome them to the tree of life in the kingdom of God. Remember, Eden was a replication of God's heaven. He gave everything Adam and Eve needed in order to be successful and to live eternally. He gave them the tree of life. In Proverbs 3, 11, 13, and 15, it also speaks about the tree of life. For knowledge is a tree of life. See, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. That's the way he designed us. God designed you for life and health. Even John 10, 10 speaks of that. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Not just like the world's having it, but to have it much more abundantly. You were designed to live an abundant life. God, our covenant partner, even reveals himself through his name, Healer. Go with me to Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26. I'm going to read this scripture from two different translations. One from the Names of God translation and the other one from the complete Jewish Bible. First, Exodus 15, 26 from the Names of God translation. It says, He said, If you will listen carefully to Yahweh, your Elohim, and do what he considers right, if you pay attention to the commands and obey all his laws, I will never make you suffer any of the diseases I made the Egyptians suffer, because I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the God who heals. Now from the complete Jewish Bible. He said, if you will listen intently to the voice of Adonai, your God, and do what he considers right, pay attention to his mitzvah and observe his laws. I will not afflict you with any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians because I am Adonai, your healer. See, health and healing is not something God does. It's something he is. It's who he is. It's what he is. You cannot separate God's nature from himself for people that say well god put this on me this is just my cross to bear he can't do it he doesn't have any of it there is no sickness in heaven for god to give you there is no sickness in his nature there is only life and life more abundantly there is only health and there is only healing in his wings because it's who he is his name is Yahweh, 
Rophe, the Lord that healeth thee. You know, it would make me just kind of kind of emphasize this here with a point. I mean, most of you drove here in cars, SUVs, trucks, something today, right? Nobody took a covered wagon this morning, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> when you go out and get in your car, what makes your car your car is that it has an engine and goes somewhere, right? You don't have to hitch up to it with a donkey or an oxen or a draft horse, right? As soon as you separate the engine from your automobile, it's no longer a transportation device. See, as soon as you try to separate healing from God, you've just diminished who he is. You've made him, you've limited his power. You've taken it away from you. You, you haven't made him Yahweh, the Lord that healeth thee. You've just made him another God, lowercase g. And trust me, the world has a lot of those. Just like the, the junkyards have a lot of cars that don't go nowhere. Right? They're powerless. But no, we serve a God that who and what he is is health and life and healing. He, knows, he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't have anything else. That's all he knows for you. And anytime you're suffering from pain, from sickness, or from disease, it is not God who gave it to you. It is Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we know we're fighting the good fight of faith. We know that God has given us spiritual armor. He's told us to hold every thought captive. To the knowledge of Christ. He has given us everything we need in order to fight the battle that we have that we call life until we can live out our 120 years that were promised to us. Or however many years your destiny is. Paul said, man, I have finished the race. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He is healer. He doesn't know anything else. So how do we know that he is healer? How do we know? By the word. It's the word of God, the covenant of God that instructs us, that, that it reveals to us that he is healer. Go with me to Psalms 107, verse 20. I'm sure many of you re could quote this one to me, but Psalms 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. See, God gave us his covenant. He sent his word. He made it real to us. He wrote it down so we couldn't miss it. He sent his word and he healed them. He made it absolutely clear to them that I am the Lord God that healeth thee. It's the word of God that is his covenant. God cannot lie and God does not change. And we covered that in earlier weeks in this lesson. That's why it was so important to start with that foundation. To establish that God does not lie. And that he doesn't change. Because if you think that, that God was just kidding, or that isn't really what God meant, and, and I've heard that before. Well, you know, brother, that isn't really what God meant. Well, then why did he say it? If he didn't mean it, why did he say it? 
His scripture says that he is not a man that he can lie. So if he said it, he must have meant it. He always does what his word says he will do or has done. He always, every single time. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 20 through 23. It says here, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So there's many people that don't even know it, but they're speaking themselves into the grave. They're speaking themselves into the hospital. They're speaking themselves into sickness. Oh, it's flu season. I'm sure I'm going to get something. I mean, you hear it. Oh, that was so funny. It just kills me. Well, it probably will. Because death and life are in the power of your tongue. That's why here uh, in, the, in the writing of Solomon, Solomon says, hey, look, incline your ear to what God has said. Don't let his word depart from your eyes. You keep it before your eyes. When the circumstances of life come at you, you read what the Word says. When the problems in life come at you, you reveal what the Word says. Because if you keep your heart with all diligence, it's important. Why? Because out of it springs all the issues of life. Jesus said, it's not what goes inside of a man that defiles him. It's not what goes inside of a man that kills him. It's not what goes inside of a man that makes him sick. It's what comes out of him. What he's speaking, what he is saying about himself. Now go with me to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23, verse 25. In Exodus 23, 25, this, I love this scripture. And the reason is going to be somebody say, well, aren't you going to bless your food? Well, let's read what the word says about it. It says, so you shall serve the Lord your God. I serve the Lord God Jehovah. And he will bless my bread and water. My bread and water is blessed before I buy it. It is sitting there on the shelf. It is in the cisterns. It is sitting there waiting for me. It's got my name written on it. And it says, this is blessed and this is Pastor Scott's. This is blessed and this is his. He shall bless my bread and water. Therefore, when I sit down at a meal, I just want to thank him for the blessings that he's brought into my life. And it says... He will also take sickness away from the midst of me. And I claim it. I declare it. I say to myself, healing, health, and wholeness. That's to me. Healing, health, and wholeness. It's all my body shall know. I claim it over my body. I claim it over my body. Because God has already promised to bless my food and water and take sickness out of the way from the midst of me. I want you to notice this. That there are many promises or many references to health and healing in the Old Testament as part of our covenant. There are many. The Old Covenant is full of the promises of health and wholeness. But what's very interesting is that there's very few references to our promise of health and, and healing and wholeness in the New Testament. Did you know that? There are very few. 
The majority of Scripture references in the New Testament are accounts of our covenant promise in operation or action. They're the revelation of the promise. I mean, think about that. 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes we are healed. 3 John 1.2. I pray that you prosper and be in health. James 5.14 and 16. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16.18. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those are four scriptures that speak specifically to our covenant promise. There are over 40 accounts of health and healing in the New Testament regarding the doing, the acts of the apostles, the acts of Jesus. And they're all based on the promise of the new covenant. They're all based on the promise of the covenant. So it's just like there's two things that people sometimes can wander a little bit. One of them is on tithing. Why doesn't the New Testament speak more? Now, obviously, for those of us who have studied the Word, we know that there are several scriptures in the New Testament regarding continuing to tithe. I've been told by full gospel ministers that tithing isn't in the New Testament, and so they don't preach it. Well, I disagree. But even if it wasn't mentioned once in the New Testament... Jesus still thought tithing was important or he wouldn't have stood by the temple gates watching people put in their, their offerings and he wouldn't have said to the Pharisees, hey, you do well by tithing of the mint and the rue. But this thing you miss. Why doesn't the New Testament speak more about the principles of tithing? Because it's all over in the Old Covenant. And all of the New Covenant incorporates the promise of the old covenant but gets rid of the law of sin and death so all the promises about tithing all the principles around tithing are in action in the new testament that's why when paul came and met with the apostles and they were asking him questions, and, and they said, hey, these things do, man. Make sure that you, you take care of the poor and the needy. And, do. and Paul said, man, we're already doing those things. That's why in Philippians, in Philippians Paul writes to the, the church in Philippi and says, hey, man, even, even when I was in Thessalonica and no other church gave to me, you guys did it out of your poverty. You guys didn't forget about me. It wasn't that you, that you didn't want to give, but you lacked opportunity give to give. And so... The New Testament, with regards to tithing, is based upon the Old Testament. They didn't think they needed to write about it. They had grew up under that culture of the Old Covenant. They had grew, grown up under, under the law. They understood the principle of tithing. It wasn't something they had to, to go over again and belate, right? And so when it comes to healing, what we see is the manifestation of the operation of healing in the life of Jesus and the life of the apostles. They didn't have to spend you know, volumes writing about why you're healed. No, they said, go read the book of Esther. He is the Lord that healeth thee. Jesus said it, man, just go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In Luke 9 and 10, he gave his disciples authority. Are you a disciple of Christ and you have authority to cast out demons? You have a right to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. 
So we can, we can definitely go to four scriptures of instructions regarding health and healing, but there are over 40 scriptures of the healing power of God in manifestation. Whether it's Peter's mother-in-law being healed, whether it's uh, the woman with the issue of blood, whether it's blind Bartimaeus, doesn't matter if it's uh, John and Peter at the temple gate and the guy who had been crippled for 40 years. And they said, silver and gold, we didn't bring with us. But you know what? What we have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. And he rose and started telling everybody about what, Jesus, what had just happened in the name of Jesus. He didn't, he didn't even understand it. They started to inquire. But I said, I don't know who those guys were. All I know is I was crippled and now I'm healed. The manifestation. So we see the manifestation, the exercise and the doing. Why is that as or more important? Because it shows us what we should be doing. We should be out there engaging. We find somebody who's sick and let us pray for him. Let's lay hands on him and let the power of God do the work. Remember, your job is the believing. God's job is the healing. We do the, de- the doing and he does the healing. Go with me now to Acts 10, verse 38. Acts 10, 38. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God is with you and me. And if you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, you're anointed by the power of God. It's time for us to go about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Amen? Amen. Go with me now over to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Matthew, chapter 8, verses 16 and 17. It says, When evening come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Now look it. He didn't hold a seance. He didn't do an exorcism. He didn't get the entire intercessor team together. It says, he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isaiah 53, 3 through 6. So let's look at some health and healing promises. These are for us. These are health and healing promises. Let's start in the 91st Psalm. For time's sake, we'll only read verses 9 and 10. Because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most higher dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, and no plague shall come near your dwelling. This is a promise for you and me. This is a promise for you and me. This is why we can stand. You say, well, yeah, but, 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 but the cold came in. Well, kick it out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? Your job is to kick it out. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Remember, it's God who comes in like a flood. He's going to flood out everything that opposes your covenant. No plague can come near my dwelling. And I stand on this. And I hear it. 
Well, but, Pastor, right, no, get your butt out of it. Well, what if? Uh, no, get your if out of it. Ifs and buts aren't faith. The Bible said no plague should come near your dwelling. And he spoke a word. Speak the word. Stand and fight the good fight of faith. I put a little note here to myself. This scripture presumes you have done. See, it says because you have made. See, this presumes that you have made. You have made the Lord your refuge and your dwelling place. See, this scripture is a promise to believers who are living in the word. This isn't, this isn't a promise for, for somebody who's living like the devil and just decided that because everybody's sick in the house, they need a scripture to stand on. If that was their case, I would tell them to start standing on it. But this was made for you and me. This was made for believers, people who believe in God and trust in him day by day by day. 1 Peter 2.24. I've quoted this probably a couple times already today. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You were, so you are. You are. And sometimes we got to change our confession. People come to me and say, well, you know, my diabetes. <laughs> it's like, time out. Why is it your diabetes? Well, the doctor said I have diabetes. Well, don't make it yours. It's the devil's. Give it back to him. It's the devil's diabetes. It's not yours. It's time for you to start standing in faith and quit claiming what the enemy has given you. Well, won't that be lying? You're not trying to impress anybody. You're walking by faith. Faith says, by his stripes I was healed. And if I'm healed, I can't have diabetes. The two can't coexist. So devil, I am healed. Have your diabetes back. Go with me to 3 John 1, 2. Beloved. I, I can just hear John. You know, I mean, I mean, here, here he is when, when, he's, when he's first with Jesus, and he's one of the sons of thunder. He's the one that wants wants to bring fire down and just destroy people, but, but he becomes the one that Jesus loved. I mean, don't you love how he just refers to himself, the one who Jesus loved? Because he really became the apostle of love. He really had a, a heart transfusion, trans, uh, and I really see what happened here. It, he says, beloved, I desire my whole life, my whole heart just desires that you may understand that God has designed you to prosper in all things and to be in health. Now, they tried to kill this man over and over again. They, historical account that they boiled him in oil. He came up out of the oil unfazed. They got so tired of trying to kill him and couldn't, they just exiled him to an island of Patamos, which was supposed to be a deserted place. Just get him out of here. We can't kill him. Put him on the farthest, farthest remote place. You know, if he had been uh, Russian, they would have sent him to Siberia. They couldn't kill the man. 
He said, but I desire that you prosper in all things and that you live in health because he understood the covenant. He understood God's covenant just as your soul prospers. But he went on to say, just as you understand and implement and speak the covenant of God. That's soul prosperity. That's soul prosperity. That's where out of your spirit springs all the issues of life. That's where you stand vigilant at, at, at the, the doorposts of your mind, saying, I'm not letting you in, devil. I don't care what the world says. The doctor just revealed to me your wiles, your tactics. And I command you to go, and I do not receive what you've tried to place in and on my body. It has no right to live there. Romans 8, 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. See, Jesus always gives life. Jesus always gives health. Jesus always gives peace. I mean, your, your thermometer may say 102, but you got to remind it that Jesus said that he gave me life, that he gave me health, and we're standing on it. I refuse to walk in sickness. I command my temperature to come down. I command my body to act and operate as it was designed to do. Healing, health, and whole. That's all my body will know. I'm going to walk in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 33, 6. Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, I will bring health and healing I will heal them and reveal them the abundance of peace and truth. See, Jeremiah was prophesying about this new covenant that we have. That when Jesus would come, this is what he would bring to us. When, when, when Jesus would come, this is what we'd have to do today. This is for us. And as Jared comes this morning, we're going to act upon the word today. We're going to act upon the word today. Go to me to James 5, 14 and 15, and, and we'll, we'll close out on James 5, 14 and 15, because we want to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Amen? It says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the perfect now does the elders does the elders does the elders do it nope does the the oil do it nope it says the prayer of faith the anointing of god and the prayer of faith the anointing of god and the prayer of faith why do you call for the elders cuz you want somebody who's going to speak the word you don't want to come up have some 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 somebody come up here and you say, well, hey, you out, you, you back there, come on up here and pray for them. And they come back here and go, well, what's wrong with you? Well, I, I've got this, this thing. And then they start agreeing. Well, Jesus, so-and-so's got this thing, and we know this thing is really bad. And, 
and, and we really feel bad for so-and-so with their thing, and uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, we don't need that. That's why you're supposed to call for the elders of the church. You need people who will believe the word and anoint them. Jesus says lay hands on them. It's a transference of anointing into their life. And it's the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And you know what? It says, and if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. It's a double blessing. It's a double blessing. The anointing of God, the rubbing of God, the power to heal. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with this morning. It doesn't matter what's tried to attack your body this morning. I've seen God heal cancer, deaf ears, glaucoma, scoliosis. I've seen God move in powerful ways. It does not matter. The name of the devil is still the same. It's sickness and disease. It doesn't matter what the, what the doctors call it. It's not designed for you. The only thing that was designed for you was health and wholeness. The only thing designed for you was health and wholeness. So I'm going to pray for you online first, and then I'm going to invite people to come up for prayer. Elder Mary Lee and Pastor Thor and Elder Frank, after you do that, let Pete uh, get and Pastor Tina, Eugene, Deb, I just want you guys to come up here. Come on, stretch your faith to these prayer requests this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the Lord that healeth thee. We thank you, Father, for every need that's represented by these prayer requests. We thank you, Father. We curse cancer. We curse heart disease, lung disease. We curse joint pain. We curse MS. We curse lupus. We curse every name that is named because Jesus' name is above every name, above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominions. And we command these sicknesses and these diseases to bow their knee, to bow their knee to the name of Jesus. We declare that they are healed. We declare that they are healthy. We declare that they are whole. We thank you, Father, for those who are believing for jobs, those who are believing for businesses. We thank you for supernatural creative ideas. We thank you for finances to overflow. We thank you for prosperity from the north, south, east, and the west to come in now in Jesus' mighty name. And we accept nothing less than, than a full manifestation of the word of God. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.